0: Elementary, my dear Robin. In honor of The Batman next week, what is your favorite detective from cinema?
1: I'm Kitty Rich, and I'm going with Bob Hoskins in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, because he feels like the whole thing is kind of annoying, which seems like how I would feel if I was a detective.
2: I'm Matt Patches, and first off, Screw Dave for writing this question in a way that would not allow Jessica <laughs> Fletcher to be one of the answers. Um, I'm going to go with Harriet the Spy, who is actually a detective, even though she has spy in her name.
0: Yeah, she just keeps it's very
2: up. good notes. Maybe that's her last name, and it's just a coincidence that she's a detective and not a spy. Her,
3: her, her family, before they came to the New World, was Despy, <laughs> de-spy. and uh... How about the <laughs> no, no, spy? Thespy? The- thesp- You'll do fine here. Har-
0: Harriet Thespy. To speak. Uh I'm David the seven and I'm gonna go with special agent Philip Jeffries, who is of course played by David Bowie in Twin Peaks Firewalk with me, because he mentions Judy for the first time. And if you've watched all the Twin Peaks, you know why that's important.
3: Oh boy. And I'm David Ehrlich, and I'm gonna go with Buster Keaton's Sherlock Jr. from <laughs> the film Sherlock Jr., uh which one of one of my favorite movies and also it uh, gives me a chance to shout out Dana Stevens' excellent new book. About Buster Stevens, which, uh, b- Buster, Buster Stevens, about Buster Stevens. She, she Buster
1: married Stevens. him and made him speak her name. Isn't that she, the, uh, I mean, rabbit
3: from Arthur or something? What is that, guy Um, it <laughs> is about Buster Keaton, uh, and it's one of those things where I'm struggling to remember the name of it, even though I've greatly enjoyed the book. It's called Cameraman, Buster Keaton, The Dawn of Cinema and the Invention of the 20th Century. Uh, I was just reading it on a little jaunt I took to L.A. and back, and... Uh, Aside from season two of Love Was Blind, it was the best thing that I put into my face recently.
4: Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Fine, I can hear you now, Dimitri.
3: Clear and plain and
4: coming through fine. I'm coming through fine too, eh? Good. Then, well, then, as you say, we're both coming through fine. Good. Well, it's good that you're fine and I'm fine. I agree with you. It's great to be fine.
1: It's It's a hot Hello and welcome to Fighting in the War Room. It's episode 381. It is Pandemic 101. That's right. You're going to learn everything you need to know about the pandemic. This week's episode at long last. Uh, it's the week of Wednesday, February 23rd. That's the day that in 1954, the first mass inoculation against polio with the Jonas Salk vaccine took place at uh, Arsenal Elementary School in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My Not favorite
3: day. of the Jonas Brothers.
1: Yeah. Uh, really, <laughs> Today uh, in vaccine to- history. Yeah, really getting topical with our... Uh... And at an elementary school, like, they just went for it. Just going straight to vaccinating those kids.
0: Just straight to the kids this yeah. time.
1: Yeah, man. Get those kids those shots. Uh, hello. We're all here. Uh, David has gone to and from Los Angeles since you last heard from him, which is fascinating. David, did you have any time in your um, bi-coastal existence to see if we have any reviews?
3: I did, Katie. And uh, on that note, I'd really like to talk to you guys about something I accomplished on my trip which is unlocking Sith Eternal Emperor in Star Wars Ooh. Galaxy of Heroes. Now, it's mm. I'm not quite there because it turns uh, we out- We do
0: have emails. Ah, yeah. ah, oh. ah! Okay, good.
1: Ah, foiled! Well, let David well,
3: get that I, one I, I, line in, but But, I, but I'm very I,
0: excited I, to hear about Sith Eternal
3: Emperor. Well, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just button that up and say that it turns out that doing all the prerequisites doesn't actually unlock the character. It simply unlocks oh, no. a series of trials that you have to compete with very expensive energy. What a pain in the dick. What else can you expect from a gotcha game? Anyway, Dave, why don't you tell us about the emails we got?
0: So this one is actually a holdover from last week, uh, but we're going to slide in here to not talk about Sith Eternal Emperor uh, Ultimate Unlocking Requirements. It's titled Station Eleven. This is from someone who just signed their name C, so that's all I'm going to say. Don't want to dox anyone. Here we go. Hey, y'all. Just finished listening to your discussion about Station Eleven, a detail that David ignored when cinema sitting and dismissing the idea of the Station Eleven graphic novel being profound to anyone while all of the books still remained is that the Station Eleven graphic novel is not shown to be meaningful to anyone other than two very specific people, Kristen and Tyler. It is not shown to be revered or even read by anyone other than those two both of whom received them as a gift from Arthur Leander. What about- father figure to Kristen, and the literal father figure to Tyler. In both cases, is the last remaining artifact they have of this man, who is so significant to them, but who was prematurely taken, their investment in the book is, I believe, a way for them to hold on to his memory. However, I do agree they repeated our member damage
4: abuse too many (laughs) times, though. That's all, that's really all,
3: that's really all I wanted. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, and I don't think the show really conveys why Arthur Leander is so important to them. doesn't David Cross's character have, he at least like keeps the book in a special place or like threatens to destroy it, something along those lines?
4: That. That's a question.
1: Uh, I don't know if he's does he keeping have it. the book. Doesn't she just keep it in his office like without his? Oh, office?
3: maybe that's it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's a fair point uh, that the listener is making. Um, and it's all the more meaningful because they too remember damage.
0: And then we have one more email, but it's not necessarily time-sensitive, and it does mention Star Wars, so I'm going to save it to save us in case next week uh, Mm. we don't have any reviews. But, guys, you could leave us a review on iTunes, give us five stars, say anything you want. It really helps us find the show, and then internationally, we'd like you to do that, too, and if you leave us a review there and we'll like it read, send it on over. (laughs) to fitwr.podcast at gmail.com and the key and point here, here that
3: may be baffling uh, anyone who happens to be listening to the show for the first time is that if you don't do that or if no one does that, we will talk about Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes a terrible mobile game that no one should play that Dave and I are both addicted to
0: I mean, I'm starting the Eternal Emperor's March so I'm, I feel <sighs> your pain yeah.
1: it is a threat that we will make it on be warned
0: cooling man you send you the same shoes now hold
4: the same in the hallway maybe get a color our
2: That was really important now Dave what were you
0: yeah, okay, that's how we start. Uh, what's that sound, Matt Patches? That's the sound of a Texas chainsaw, Dave. It, it is. It's not just any you can really tell. You can really tell with the accent that it's a traditional oh, yeah. Texas, Texas chainsaw. Texas chainsaw.
2: Top At least 10. 50
0: years old, hidden in the walls of an orphanage where all, all t- chainsaws uh, love to reside. Like a, like a lonely little toaster uh, just waiting for his time to shine. Uh, Patches suggested that we watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is a 2022 legacy sequel, I'm going to say. It's one of those horror sequels where the first Texas Chainsaw definitely happened, Toby Hooper's uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. Those events happened. The sequel events appear not to have happened, and instead we pick up now, modern day, 50 years later, uh, some kids are riding into Texas. They're not just kids, they... Dave.
2: They're not just kids. They're 20-something entrepreneurial millennials looking to Mm -hmm. uh leverage their instagram clout to rebuild a desolate city a ghost town uh to be a kind of like foodie haven i think they are all so they all can imagine avocado toast and texas dust uh, in this little town so here's
0: what happens in the movie (laughs) they arrive at this town yeah. Uh, they piss off some of the locals very quickly by just being two city folk.
2: Like two locals, Uh yeah. we,
0: realize, we realize they're in this town because they're going to open a restaurant and, uh, as uh, Patches has pointed out, them being popular in the cities that they come from I mean that they've also made a deal with a bank that has uh, received all of this ghost town's property, apparently. And instead of... Just selling them a store or whatever, for whatever reason, they also want to just like gentrify this whole town. So, not only are these people coming in to you know build their own bakery, but they have organized an entire bus full of uh other people from the city to come into town and they're gonna have like a bank auction on the streets of this ghost town.
2: Is this common? Are millennials starting to work with banks to gobble up abandoned real estate and turn <laughs> it into? like hipster haven i don't i don't really once know. I mean, they I finish kind of re- their
3: avocado toast there's a lot of the day left <laughs> I think and that's, that's what they're doing with i that. think
1: that's probably possible like living in a town where there is real estate that has not been especially occupied i don't know if millennials are the main people doing it but they are certainly getting gobbled up quickly
3: i have a lot to learn about banks and society
1: well i don't know shit about what banks so yeah,
3: how are how are millennials learning anything about banks none of us have enough money to even really need a bank just need, like, you know, a, a savings account or a checking account full of, like, three figures, and uh, it's pretty easy to keep track well, of.
4: Well,
0: even though that plot and, like, just untangling it would be somewhat worthy of a movie in itself, this is a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. So when they get there, uh, they find an old lady in a building that's labeled Orphanage, uh, but it's just the old lady and one very large man living there. And the old lady insists that there was a screw up with the bank. She still owns the property. And they're like, get the fuck out. You have a Confederate flag hanging out in front of your house. And she's so shocked by this. She has a heart attack and dies. In which we learn that the older child that she was taking care of is the same leather face from 50 years ago. And now that his caretaker has died, he cuts off her face and we're off to the races, leather facing all over again. Uh, as he hunts down lots of people in a movie you're, called Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
2: You're missing one important element of this movie that I was surprised to find. So these people who come to the town. One of them is played by Elsie Fisher, who uh, was in mm-hmm. eighth grade and really hasn't done too much else yet. She's the young. Movie? She yes, yeah. yeah she wasn't came it. out
1: like three years ago, two years. Well, ago? Well, this movie
2: was shot like one years ago, I think. Um, this movie has been waiting for a release and kind of got dumped onto Netflix. I think it might have been a Paramount movie. Uh, but uh, yeah, this was kind of Elsie Fisher's jump to more mainstream, uh, post-eighth grade, and she plays Lila, uh, the the sister of one of the entrepreneurial foodies, and she's kind of there for along for the ride because her life has gone off the path, off the rails. Uh, why? As we learn when she's talking to... One of the, the, this local mechanic who has a big gun he carries everywhere. He loves guns. He's from Texas, so he obviously loves guns. Uh, and it, she's scared of it. Not just because uh, it makes sense to be scared of a, a big man with a big gun, but she was actually the victim of a school shooting. And she was the only Damn. survivor.
4: Damn. And
2: she's haunted by this memory for obvious reasons, and this completely destroyed her life. And now she's finding meaning by tagging along with her sister. Until she finds her next opportunity, unfortunately, Leatherface is there. Um, I just found that that uh, this movie is kind of reaching for for greater meaning, from skewering the millennial Instagram thing that is pretty overplayed at this point, uh, to making them also the bad guys when they're encountering confederates and like the misunderstood. Texans um but who also carry big guns and the the gun violence issue is on the table because of the school shooting stuff. There's a lot going on in the movie. Dave, does it does it add up to anything? Cuz there is just massacring. Obviously, nope. that's in the title too. And it gets pretty gory and uh, there are some like crazy kills, I'd say. Someone is eventually impaled with a, a chainsaw, which I thought was pretty uh this gross is, in a good way, but
0: this is directed um Workman-like by a uh, gentleman uh, named David Blue Garcia, who is executing a Fede Alvarez story. And I don't know how much you guys have uh, dealt with the cinema of Fede Alvarez, be it an Evil Dead remake or Don't Breathe series, uh, which is his interesting series about uh, being stalked by a, uh, what is it? He's a blind person? He's a blind man, yeah.
2: People, people break into yeah. his house and he attacks back
0: hmm He is a really weird rapist. Uh, oh, yeah, he so, uses a turkey baser know. full of
2: semen to do some stuff, and we don't want to... Let's yeah. not get into and in then that. there's
0: a sequel where he's, like, the hero, uh, but then Oh, my God, that it's... came anyway, out. Not... That's
2: right.
0: Yeah. Uh, Fede Alvarez is uh, the type of horror director that I don't think necessarily deals well uh, with, like, horror being a real-life thing. If you're going to put people in a movie that's obviously a movie and put them through some of the grossest shit, that sounds like a Fede Alvarez sort of thing. I don't think he makes necessarily compelling horror. There's a moment in this movie where um, one of our main characters is crawling underneath a house and uh, in like a crawl space and Leatherface is above her uh, with a chainsaw and he's moving the chainsaw towards her and she's crawling to like get away. And at the last moment, she like ducks to miss the chainsaw, but the chainsaw hits a pipe. And, oh, God, it's a sewage pipe, so immediately shit dumps all over on the character. And I'm like, that's "That's the Fede Alvarez of it. Um, Or uh, when eventually all these uh, dumb millennials get their comeuppance by telling Leatherface, if you do anything, you're going to get canceled. He responds, he being all the creatives of this movie who are male, um, responds with a 10-minute, extremely gory scene of people caught in the back of a bus with absolutely no way out, and Leatherface just slowly just like kills all of them by. Sl- Remember, like, they them have into to be pieces. filming with their
2: phones first because they are modern day millennial types who are always on their phones. Yeah,
0: I'm not going to recommend anybody watch this movie <laughs> because it has no conclusion. It has no conclusions to anything. Wait that it a second! Up. I thought you it, loved it. What? Uh, no, I absolutely not. Uh, it's really weird. Even somebody who likes Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which is weird because it's so supposed to kind of be like a weird comedy with these exact same characters. It takes things that were jokes when Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 did them, like him treating his uh, chainsaw as like a penis, and it changes it into a kill here where he shoves the chainsaw through the pelvis of another man, making that a chainsaw penis, that it then runs into a woman again in this bus. It's a gross movie. It has nothing really to say. Uh, the woman who is traumatized by very real screw shooting violence, her moment of power, is having a shotgun and being able to shoot Leatherface, who she calls Leatherfuck in the moment. And then uh, something horribly tragic. <laughs> See what tragic she did there. Happens.
2: See what she had a little wordplay. Yep. And then
0: uh, something horribly tragic happens, and she uh, screams. And this movie's like "fuck you," and you're it's over. So wow! 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 I thought patches I, I... what. What's redeemable about Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022? I was
2: going to mumble uh, that there might be a redeeming quality here, but you're eviscerating it much like Leatherface, and I am running in terror, because uh, you're probably right. Uh, I guess I just, I I appreciate on some level the attempt to find meaning in this movie. The, the, I think the problem is that the victim are, characters are such stock characters like the the millennial hipster thing is so overdone they're not real at all it would be much more interesting to make a movie about texas right now and try and deal with texas through the texas chainsaw massacre
3: lens i think there is interesting conflict
2: between or the question that the movie ultimately raises like can a school shooting victim pick up a gun to save their friends? okay that's actually pretty provocative um, but this is not the movie to do. I don't think. I don't know if you can have a horror movie that is grotesque in an artful way, where it's like, oh yeah, let's get a wide shot where I lift somebody up while I'm chainsawing them in their gut, and we just get that. Not only lift lit. somebody up,
0: your only legacy character. Uh,
2: yeah, spoiler alert. Your only legacy character just gets totally chopped in half.
0: Um, you don't have to spoiler alert. People should not watch this movie. Don't watch this movie. Uh, I, know. I, I know that like there are some horror <laughs> movies that you think can be bad. A, this is on Netflix. There's never a reason to sit down and watch all of it all the way through. Scrub through it if you want. Look for the kills. That's fine. Wait, you know, two months and watch a YouTube compilation. Fine. There's no no one should watch this movie. What in this movie is? There, you're, you're are not you watching wrong. it? And the you're performances like...
2: aren't there. The drama is not cohesive. It really is. It becomes for the kills, which I don't think you can begin it with such a heady take and then and then pivot to that. That's where I think the movie ultimately fumbles i i guess i see potential in david blue garcia the guy who directed this i just i feel he stepped in at some point that's why this movie's a mess yeah uh two other guys were directing it i guess fedy alvarez was like no uh you're not doing a good job kick them off hired this guy off his indie and he kind of executed i guess i still see i i did i will say i've been a little swayed by talking to david blue garcia a little bit just about growing up in Texas and living on the border and and I, I mean I don't think he does anything I see like great potential for here. him as like bringing Texas energy to a movie like this but it definitely fails.
0: He doesn't he doesn't have um spatial problems for the most right. part until the very end when we're underneath some part of the town that I understand <clears throat> I understand where we are. He does a pretty good job in an early scene of a woman who's trapped in a car crash while other is stalking around and she's trying to be spatially aware. She's trying not to make noise. Uh, She's trying to alert her friends. All of these things are, and then there's uh, one of the guys, uh, the black lead, uh, gets like slashed in the face, but we don't really see the reaction gore to it because it's all shot through like a rhythmically swinging door. There are things in this movie that would work in isolation, but the story makes it, even the parts that I liked, makes it feel irresponsible, which means it's bad bad horror.
2: I feel like my my big takeaway from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I know that they wanted to make a direct sequel to the original to honor the original. It feels like the best way to do that would be to rip off the original. Like, Don't make a Texas Chainsaw movie. Make something that's obviously a Texas Chainsaw movie that's not connected to Leatherface and not trying to bring in anything connected to Tobe Hooper's movie which is, is just great. I mean, let it go and rip them off. And if you're gonna do it in streaming, like just have a big chainsaw massacre movie. Um, I think people, I think people need to get away from the legacy sequel and start going with the spiritual sequel. Um, we don't mind ripoffs in this house, in my house.
1: In this house, yeah. you respect ripoffs. I love ripoffs.
0: Also, like yeah, the copycat killer would be an interesting way to go in Texas Chainsaw. Maybe, maybe not full new generation, but again, even that is better than this. This is a whole bunch of weird story decisions. The best Texas Chainsaw reverence.
2: Massacre sequel was uh, that Tiny Toon Adventures summer vacation special where uh, the duck character sits in the back with that uh, Jason Voorhees who's somehow using a cha- Texas Chainsaw. Am I right? Does everyone know exactly no. what I'm talking about? Please. no. Sure. Tiny Toon no. Adventures? I was going to say, no?
0: say maybe yeah, I, the best I, Texas no. Chainsaw. Plucky? Yeah. Plucky in the lines. back of the car?
2: On summer vacation? Thank you, David. God, thank you.
0: Oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's on Netflix. Don't watch
2: it. I
1: All right. If you're listening to this and haven't heard, the Oscars are going to give out some of the awards before the show starts. Everyone will be in the theater. They're going to get the awards before the broadcast begins. Then they'll be edited into the broadcast, quote unquote, seamlessly. How will everyone be in mad. the theater?
2: Aren't they going to be walking the red carpet?
1: There will be people in the theater. I mean, people show up there okay. early and like all the people who are nominated and their families will be there early, like whatever, Brad Pitt. But the first the question, Will, will
2: Smith be there?
1: No, no. see Does Best like, Makeup? The starts... No, the they'll be aired during the broadcast. Here's well, the, the thing. What's the likelihood? Wait hold no, on.
3: Before we get to the thing, <laughs> what's the likelihood that this actually happens because last time the academy threatened this uh the cinematography branch revolted and everyone else uh, took up arms with them and I they think- walked it back and then there was the academy threatening the best popular film oscar and they walked that back because of public blowback the way they made uh, this sound
1: now? in that announcement was that they had gotten the sign off of the people they need the sign off from to actually make this happen because i think that enough people recognize that oscar ratings are plummeting they need to keep the show trim but also provide enough things that people care about whether or not, uh, people getting an award for Girl Boss Cinderella is actually a thing that people are valid to care about. My take is that this is something that the Tonys, the Grammys, and the Emmys do because the seeing handing out twenty-five award, twenty-three awards over the course of three hours is still really difficult and can feel repetitive when it's the same movie winning over and over again, which I is not fun to say because I want these people to have their moment and to get their award, but I see the logic for it. It might be a disaster, but if it gives them time to do tributes or reunite the cast of the First Wives Club or whatever the fuck else that the they can do hell? on stage and is not feel threat? like they are. Katie,
3: Katie, this is the most <laughs> sickening take you've all ever three had the Spider-Man. podcast. <laughs>
1: I mean, all three Spider like, spider-man that's. Pointing happening. at
3: each other, meme style? Let's be clear. No, this is shameful. It's shameful. Uh, I mean,
1: I get that it, like, I want a four-hour no, it's, Oscar it's broadcast on, on YouTube part. also. I know. <laughs> I also want the four-hour <laughs> version of the Oscars. I recognize that that it would be the better version of it. I think that if it's a choice between that or them like scrambling to get as quickly through these shorts as they can during the broadcast and acting embarrassed about it, give this a shot. But to,
2: but to your point, you're not the fear here can't be that the same movies are going to win all the awards when you're eliminating, unless Power of the Dog's going to win animated short. Uh, I don't think we have to worry about these categories being repetitive. Like makeup and hairstyling, isn't that going to be Cruella? Shouldn't they put that on the show?
3: And remember when ruined. like Fury Road won? the first five Oscars of the show and every single department head was the most delightful human being alive. And yes, every time I love was a the thrill. department heads, I um, love like people no, are Katie, the best. Are you anti-union? I, I, wow. K- <laughs> Katie hates the Oscars. She hates <laughs> movies and she, yeah. she wants both, both things to cease to exist. And it's, I
1: it's love really the hear. Oscars um, and I want them to survive.
3: Uh, well, it certainly doesn't sound like, it. I mean, you and the Oscars are both aligned in trying to drive them into the the depths of hell. I mean, this is not the way to do it. You said yourself that trying to fit twenty some odd awards into three hours is a really Herculean and uh, what is the way anxiety to do it ridden this task. Is and it. the solution to that is to uh, not have the show be three hours. Have the show be four hours. Have the show be five hours. The Super Bowl is four and a half fucking hours of that doesn't watching make sense the from a TV on the broadcast. Um,
2: uh, dance at all. It sure does. No, it doesn't. Sure it does. You can't have a five-hour anything because of nightly
0: news. He's, and... he's he's literally saying add two hours worth of ads you could sell. Yeah, off. I mean, well, the, the, first, the first thing, the thing
3: they need to do in the Oscars and, uh, well, anyway, the first thing you need to do in the Oscars is to take back the rule that makes no sense and never has. That you're not allowed to advertise movies during the show. They need to go completely the opposite direction and make it the Comic-Con of movies that are actually, you know, worth anything. They need to make it a a the ultimate stage to debut the trailers for the teasers for going to be the next Fall's uh, big awards contenders. That in and of itself will get people to tune in. And yes, if the broadcast has to be five hours long, for them to fit them in while still airing every single award on but television. But they aren't they going to air happened, them? All That's the ones fine. that are getting a little yeah, are they going
2: will gonna it, get though. like a super cut, Just not yes, the same they're way. all it gonna
1: said, be it says that their award, their acceptance speeches will be aired. It's not I don't really think be Katie
3: montage. I don't think Katie Rich, among other things, appreciates how deeply fucking aggravating it's going to be to have the winner <laughs> for best editing announced or known, not announced, but a known by some, and then I guess filtered out through social media before the show even starts. That is the ultimate bellwether That's for what's gonna, what be gonna annoying. win Best Picture. It's gonna be deeply annoying, but it's also just a philosophical lack of understanding, not just philosophical, it's a logistical failure to understand what's happening here. The show is not getting worse ratings because it's a, of the nature of the show uh, or or trying to appeal similar to like liberals trying to win over Trump voters, uh, trying to f- appeal to this imaginary person who would watch the Oscars if only it were slightly shorter. The show is getting less ratings because all award shows have been getting less ratings because the the world is not focused on a monoculture anymore and they're all turning online and the only way to galvanize people together is to make it more of a spectacle as i was saying earlier the super bowl is one of the single most boring events in the history of television that happens every year i know that his mileage may vary but for me it's very true. yeah i think the reason not shut up for the majority shut of your okay. mouth okay the reason why it's able to become such a phenomenon is because they have turned it into a spectacle they've eventized it trying to shrink the oscars making smaller it longer is not eventizing making it a yes it is i mean like making it longer is just one Way of ventizing it, it's part of the no. overall appeal. But what they need to do is they need to make it an actual spectacle. They need to have hours and hours of pre shows, not just on E, they need to make it a big to do. They need to make it the Super Bowl of no one movies cares, and not just no trying to it try and, and, and shrink it. They need to have a
0: halftime where we award the best puppy the patches of what of you're every not, year. What you're
3: not getting, and what Katie seems not to be getting. Is that it's mm. not about expanding it to people who don't care. It's about getting full buy-in from the people who do care sure, But, but and you might are, care. These
2: are two different things. So what you are talking about is both trying to save the Oscars as they once were and indulging and in making them for just the people who give a shit, which is a diminishing audience. So what you no, actually you're, need to do no, no, is you're, take you're them wrong. away you're, to to distance yourself from the Super Bowl of movies.
3: Everything That's movies.
2: Seventy billion people watch that Super Bowl. Everyone. No loves
3: everything. The Super Bowl movies included, is everything in this culture is becoming more and more niche. I mean, it's like you see movie theaters becoming opera houses over time. I mean, like they're, everything is becoming more granular and more focused. You need to make it so that anyone who likes movies needs to be watching this. You're not going to win over people who don't know, what the, who are like, what is Drive My Car? You're not going to win over people who've never heard of Gene Campion. You need to make it such an event that the people who... Do you have even a passing? But you need, interest to in movies well, you me, need to divest let from. let me
2: divest from the main you, stage.
0: Well, let me ask you this, David: uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home, biggest snub for getting people to watch the Oscars <laughs> the entire
3: year. No, I mean this is exactly what I'm talking about, which We're is like that like three, the people uh, only, the people see? for whom, the people for whom movies are only Marvel and people in spandex are not the audience you're trying to win over here, and you need to leave them at the door. But the only you way to need, do that is to
2: exit abc and exit fanfare and exit the the clearly, giant celebration if you clearly want to stay at ABC, abc we're like three years away from joe rogan's oscars with a most patriotic award given by like joe manchin or something. that's how the only way you're ever clearly abc
3: big. is not a decent partner here and i think the fact that they've had a rotating cast of producers over the last five years all of them failing on their own terms has not been helpful i think you know that they, they especially last year with the pandemic deciding that um, you know, in the show that they had to put on or forced to put on was some sort of bellwether and then trying to course correct from that uh, is adding disaster upon disaster. Uh, they need to treat the Oscars with respect for respect to follow. They need to make it a spectacle and treat it as such for people to see it that way. And yes, it's never going to be the Super Bowl. It's never going to have an audience of 70 million people again. I mean, it used to have an audience of almost 60, but at least in the United States alone. But um you know you're you're never going to do that you have to go all in you have to make everyone who likes movies care you have to forget about the people who only like spider-man um that was such a non-starter and I'm
0: glad people who like it. spider-man like movies
2: you're, you're talking in two different rec- directions here which uh, obviously I, suggests I, there's no solution to making the Oscars a big thing ever. Again. Well,
0: first of all, if fighting in the war room could have fixed it, we would have been producing this year's Oscars. <laughs> I wish really? if because only that was like we have this. We have this conversation. If, a lot, only, so. if
3: only that were true, Dave. If only uh, you know they they seem to be open. But Katie loves the Oscars and Katie's okay places. with
2: this. K- yeah, yeah Katie K- is a lost Wait, let, let Katie soul. talk. Oh
3: yeah, let Katie talk. <laughs> Katie, Katie lost privileges to speak again about the Oscars after the mm, yes. Good old deal. gatekeeping
0: really helps with your argument.
3: Really, I
1: I recognize that the ideal version of the Oscars that I would like and that David would like, which is five hours long, is not going to happen. It might happen after the ABC contract is over. I would not mind that. In the meantime, I would like for the Oscars to be entertaining. I would like for them to not feel like they are constantly apologizing for how long the show is going. The only version to do that is to try something a little bit creative Mm. with the buy-in of the people who are into these branches at the academy. Wouldn't just not apologize and be a
3: great way to do that? I
1: would love that. I don't think that they're going to do that. So I think that them experimenting with something in the interest of making. An engaging show and maybe doing something big that they have scrapped. In who watches, years it's who watches show the show? You're still interrupting me. I'm, I'm, fine. I'm
3: totally fine with that. I didn't say a word the last segment, and you were so off the deep end of the start of this one. I feel like I have to bring you're some okay sanity to what with we're talking about. Katie. I'm okay with Katie, interrupting anybody know, I'm on not. the segment. Katie has a whole podcast about the Oscars. No, you've never outlet. interrupted me,
1: Patrick. Wow. Uh,
3: Patches has I interrupted was me several you. times this segment. I know. You've successfully derailed what I was going to say, but. Uh, mm. uh, um, maybe or maybe irreparably. Um, now I'm just stuck on Dave's comment about how people who like Spider-Man like the Oscars. That's of course, and there's a spot in the Venn diagram, but there are plenty of people who are carping about it being recognized who only like Spider-Man or think that Spider-Man is the movies nowadays. Um, but,
1: but I, don't thi- I don't think I don't think yeah, sure. But like I sure oh, there's Katie, lots Katie, of people
3: who are into rem- production design that are, I would like to see it be on the thing. I wanted don't think to say. these are all people who like movies. Okay, which go is ahead. that ahead, when. When I This may be true for you. I know, Katie, you have a, a deep and encyclopedic memory of Oscar's past. But the okay. average person out there, uh, I'm not saying that facetiously. I mean, like you no, know, I you mean, know I the, the show. I you, well, you, the Joe Reeds of the world, the Richard Lawsons, you guys know the show in a way that is um, you know, far better than I will and most people. But uh, the average person out there, no one is tuning into this. No one is remembering it for the interstitial bits. I mean, like a great opening monologue, sure. But uh, you know, aside from like Snow White in 1989 or whatever it was, I mean, these things only live in infamy. Um, the people remember the speeches. They remember what won. They remember the drama that, in recent years, ironically, has come from small movies winning big prizes unexpectedly. No, I mean there's your no world.
2: in our world, the, but you not think you think math, you think a montage
3: about how much people not love movies that has either. had more of a cultural impact than I'm not like winning? I think people remember
0: no cultural impact. I think people remember Glenn Close debut over Anthony Hopkins winning is what I think. Ooh, that's
1: a good example.
0: Yeah, but I I'm think saying like remember... the short
1: film winner
2: giving a speech. I mean, I think was hilarious. Nothing, the, lots of people watching. One of those times, those short I mean, film
0: winners was fucking Peter Capaldi, and he I, became I disagree, Doctor I, Who, and now he tells that story of being like up the, on stage. And it's, it's I uh,
3: strongly disagree with the Anthony Hopkins example because that was famously bungled uh, at the tail end of a show again, that had already announced just that us, picture.
0: Most people remember Glenn Close
3: doing the butt. I don't think people remember that either. Um I, I mean i most people know
0: how many Spider-Man are in Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> most <laughs> yes. people
3: do know how many spider men are in are no way home. Um but those aren't the people who I think the Oscars need to cater to in order to shore up the base. You need to get the base back. You need to make the base rapidly excited about this as we are, and then you can go from there. But I think scrambling to get this imaginary person who has like a half interest in movies and might be persuaded to watch, but maybe we'll take this year off. Maybe doesn't watch the Oscars. When are the Oscars? I don't know. That's not the person who's going to prop up the show David, you're, and you're, rejuvenate you're the urgency to
2: Frustration it. over the Oscars is reflective of just movie going in general, which you would have the same kind of notes and complaints about like making mid tier Dramas when the studios only want to make the biggest four quadrant, but this works. We're just this is just part of the cult. yeah. But yeah, well, I know, but then the the lessons are not learned because of scale and because of what the business has become. It's not an issue, there is no reverting because everything has to be. You're making the same argument that I
3: am, which is that you're saying that it's that this failure is sort of inevitable, and I am agreeing with that. And I think that they need to recognize, I just don't think it's fixable. Well, it's, it's not fixable. That you're it's not, not fixable until, 60... like,
2: Netflix starts its own show. Like, i are not going to get back I, to 60 million It's weird that no one viewers. has started another movie award show. Isn't it? Yeah. No, uh, that's no. not that I mean, weird. There's uh, a lot of I, movie award shows I just, that have done the Critic, bad.
1: The Critics' Choice Awards, coming up. I yeah, but they're not think...
2: on, they're, they're just the Oscars, but different. No one has tried to do something Different and frame it. Differently. The
1: MTV Movie Awards. Yes, As somebody yes, who like works the, for
2: Viacom, I no, think the MTV, <laughs> MTV Movie and Awards Nickelodeon have a great example had a of... And actually used to be big too, but the streamers have not done their MTV Movie Awards yet. And once they do, uh, again, the Oscars will be over. Um,
3: double underlining. Mm, no, that's definitely not true. Double underlining the importance of the Oscars is only going to solidify that point of their primacy. And I, I think you know there isn't a lot of risk of what Patch is talking about, but you definitely want to continue to make the Oscars seem more and more important but you, you it patches to your point i mean like we have seen these movies like the worst person in the world is a current example something like drive my car where they commit they get a people an, an audience of people rabidly excited about seeing it and even in the middle of a pandemic and the latest you know most viral surge of it uh these movies have done exceedingly well and um you know like that is sort of what they need to do the oscars because you're never going to get back to 60 million they viewers they can make um, the
2: indie distribution Level Oscars, then that's great. They should. They should scale down what you're saying. Be the A24 Oscar. No,
3: I'm just, I'm just really like aghast that that Katie is on board. i like, it's like, what if like, the, what if the Rangers were uh, a lacrosse team now? Like, oh, I just well, don't under- trying to
1: get me to agree with you based on what if the Rangers
3: were a lacrosse? Team. I don't know. Is that, Katie, that sounds interesting. Sounds great. No, I my my that. brain is like, what is something that I know I get to be warm? While I'm are they still them? using no. a puck even though it's lacrosse? No. <laughs> Um, what is something that I love dearly that could be like defanged um, and made Oh, and made I, I have an example. Itself. What if
0: the Oscar ceremonies cut a whole bunch of the categories and decided oh, be... to edit
1: them in afterwards? That would be Can terrible. I... All right, so here is Final the thing. Word. When you're talking about what people remember from the Oscars and you talk about the speeches, which is definitely true, but when I like watch random clips or like acceptance speech clips, the thing that I really love seeing is who is sitting next to who in the audience and like thinking about this group of famous people who are all gathered in one place. This is the power of the Ellen Selfie this is the power of going Close doing the butt. I think bits are not the thing that people remember, but I think harnessing the power of having all those people in one room is something the Oscars have not done enough of. And I think freeing up time in the ceremony, it could all go awry. They could spend 15 minutes talking about Camila Cabello and I will eat my words. <laughs> but I think there is potential in having more time in the ceremony. I'm willing to see it out. That's as far as I'm going to go. Are know. the stars, are, want... is
2: it the problem that the stars aren't showing up? Is it the problem no, that we're not there. getting support from like, Every single famous person needs to show up to the Oscars from now on. I
1: mean, this, like, <laughs> sure. there are many stars at the Oscars, but, like, often that they are, like, trying to cram all of the awards into three hours. And, again, I would rather have a longer Oscars, but if we're not going to get a longer Oscars, I'm okay with this attempt.
3: I want to clarify two things, which is, first, that I'm less bent out of shape about, like, the, the idea of, of how much of a train wreck this is going to be. Like, yes, I believe they have the capacity to somewhat seamlessly... Uh, re-edit the footage from earlier in the evening into the broadcast and not have it be a travesty. Um, it's the principle of the thing for me. Um, sure. It is, you know, the the idea that all of these parts are somehow, that go into filmmaking, are somehow less than, and especially when you're talking about something like film editing. I mean, it's, like, essential to, um, you know, the composition of the film which is very myopic and blinkered. Uh, and the other thing is just that... Um, uh, if the Cinderella movie indeed wins this like fan thing, it does not get an Oscar. We need to just make sure that we have the rhetoric right on that. There is yeah, no, no new Oscar, Oscar. That is simply <laughs> like a, there's no a Twitter given. Poll. It yeah. is exactly, it is exactly that um and that is also a travesty in of itself that they're even bothering to do that come on but, that's funny, uh, that's it's so not
1: gonna be it's I, really funny i
2: embrace it's that really funny. yeah no that is great that's I a mean, great thing if, if
3: they do have to do it i am fully on board with what they Girl the need to do winning. is hire
2: eric alper to spend a year asking retweetable <laughs> <laughs> uh, oscar related questions they need to build I, the the fan-favorite Oscar is a great idea because it does not infringe on the actual Oscar cer- ceremony, like the popular Oscar, but it actually does social mm. media work for them. Like, they people need to... The, the Snyder Bros are all tuning in to the Oscars this year. That's <laughs> a RV? win. Yes. they RV? seem
0: very They seem very into being yes. the fact that they are going to lose by a technicality. And
2: actually, what they would be... You know, they always have famous people giving the awards away. What they need to do is give, like, yeah, Max the Starter fans gives an award away. Um, yeah, they need no, hashtag need the fans. fans presenters. You need the they fans. Need, they need like really low brow. This segment is like
3: thirty seconds away from Patch suggesting that they do like a dark <laughs> universe themed.
2: <laughs> oh my no, god, he's gonna say fandom. He's gonna say segment? fandom. <laughs> the prodigium on stage. What if the Oscars <laughs> took
0: place in the DC fandom and were eight hours long? Oh my god. Katie, you're just, you're not, Black you, don't Adam take it,
3: himself? you don't take it personally that the Oscars is, tr- like, I see you're coming at it personally. from, like, a really, no, the, like, Katie's coming at it from, like, a very savvy sort of, like, do what you need to survive kind of take, but I am just surprised that Katie doesn't see it as sort of a personal <laughs> front that the Oscars are trying to squeeze, themselves smaller and smaller and smaller until they take up no space whatsoever. Again, personally, much I don't think,
0: it. No, yeah, nobody's me. saying, like, Katie Rich is really going to hate it if we don't do original. Score no, I'm line. asking
3: Katie.
1: I mean, I again, I want the Oscars to run long. The idea of the Oscars like running as long as the Super Bowl, like I think that makes perfect sense. I'm mostly opposed to the ceremonies we've had in recent years in which they have like rushed and apologized the entire way for rushing, and I think if this is an alternative to that, it's worth exploring. Marry me, marry me, say yes. Marry me, marry me, say yes. Marry me, marry me, say yes for the rest the rest. The rest. I never seen forever. Oh, yeah. I never seen forever.
0: Less. Marry me, marry me, say, say yes. Marry, marry me, me, marry I gotta me. say, it's, not... it's a
2: pretty good song.
0: Okay, okay, wait, hold on, hold on. Is that is that how we started?
2: I think it started. <laughs> I mean, that is the name of the movie. I think you guys, it was playing over and you sang along with it. It was the perfect segment.
1: Oh yeah, uh, I mean, if I'm gonna do a pre, songs in this movie. if
0: I'm there gonna there do are. a pre "Marry Me" song thing, it's gonna be church because that song's fucking hilarious a whole,
2: and a, a banger. Whole song about church. Get the, I'm realizing this, this that as several a, times
1: as the but. person who uh, supports or who is okay with the Oscars experimenting and picked "Marry Me." I'm now really. Um, the villain of this podcast.
3: So. You're the Maluma of this episode.
1: <laughs> I mean, I look great with my shirt off and have a lot of tattoos. And so. you're thirty
3: well, years younger than all of us.
1: Yeah. How old is Maluma?
3: He's
1: like twenty eight. So, a... No,
3: he's not. He's yeah, he is. <laughs> he really is. Wow, he's
1: literally he's literally twenty eight. Well Jennifer Lopez ten is thirty
3: five and above. If recording above, 35 and above is my age. This was a hot topic at the wedding I was at this weekend. There was a lot of talk about Maluma's <laughs> age, so
1: <laughs> so that means everyone at the wedding you were at had seen Mary me though
3: uh i think everyone at the wedding had seen about as much of Mary me as i have now
1: uh well so Mary me is on peacock now uh it stars uh jennifer lopez and owen wilson and patches i believe you tweeted something that is a thought that also occurred to me which is that jennifer lopez and owen wilson have been movie stars for 30 years not quite 30 years
3: they were in anaconda together
2: wow Yeah.
1: wow mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't know that the john uh, voight classic Yikes. uh yeah, Anaconda came out in what? 1996?
4: 1997? 1998.
1: So, oh, damn. Solid <laughs> solid 25 years uh as movie stars. And yet here they are in a rom-com that um I guess, I don't want to say it could have come out in 1997 because it certainly like adopts social media as part of its plot and it's like it's aware enough of the present day even though it was made True. before COVID. It
2: could not come out in 1997 because it would have been weird that they're using uh, iPhones and social media apps, and we would have been like, "What is this strange technology from the future?" This Jetsons Although- <laughs> rom com is really interesting.
1: <laughs> uh, so yeah, he uh, they get married because uh, she's supposed to marry Maluma on stage, and he bails because he's a cheating, no good son of a gun. He's basically playing uh, and- J Lo,
2: right? I mean, like this really
1: so- feels. Oh, well, like hang on, hang okay, on, sorry. hang on. We're I'm it, getting. I'm so. getting there. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, there are two people thrown together. Uh, they're in a fake marriage. It will turn into a real marriage. I guess you have to watch it to find out. The uh, entire um, climax happens at a math league competition in Peoria, Illinois, which is cute enough. Um, and so Owen Wilson is like the everyday schlub. Everyone's like, well, you're not nearly handsome enough for her, which is funny because, like, you know, he's Owen Wilson. He's not like the most generically handsome person, but he's been professionally handsome for quite a long time. Um, yeah, Jennifer but Lopez, you don't, it... don't
3: think that if, if the events of this very realistic movie actually happened... <laughs> <laughs> that, that people would, I mean, I, I you know, yeah, Owen Wilson, no, Owen Wilson is, a, is a handsome guy. Um, but if this happened in real life, I think all of the same comments would be made at his expense.
1: Yeah, it would not work if Ben Affleck was cast in that role, right. which is, uh, which, he
2: really yeah. looks like Robert Burns in this movie,
3: though. Doesn't he? Wow. Wow. Jennifer <laughs> Lopez, Maluma, wow. <laughs> so Bastion. The-
1: the point that I had about Jennifer Lopez basically playing herself, which is absolutely true, she's been you know world famous pop star whose songs uh, sound pretty much like Jennifer Lopez songs. I was watching The Mirror Has Two Faces last night, which is on Netflix, <laughs> uh, and I had never seen before. And I didn't, I didn't finish the whole thing, so I don't have greater thoughts on it. But I was thinking about Barbara Streisand um, starring, directing, and starring in that movie, and kind of making it about how she's this like homely lady who lives with her mom and can't imagine that anybody would be into her. And Jeff Bridges decides to date her because like. Elle McPherson breaks up with her with him, and he's like I can't have sex in my relationship so I'm going to find someone who I just like to talk to and I'm assuming that they fall in love eventually but Barbara Streisand was I think 54 when the Mirror Has Two Faces came out in the 90s and Jennifer Lopez is now 52 like they're basically exactly the same age and above. whereas Barbara Streisand is creating her own star vehicle for herself she's like I'm going to transform I'm going to be this every girl and obviously like Barbara Streisand's nose her looks have been a famous part of her image whereas Jennifer Lopez is like I'm going to start a movie in which I am myself. And I am beautiful in every scene, and I am perfect. And her character has no flaws. And this is a, mo- a like, movie that a movie that I enjoyed. The fact that her character does no wrong and does not change true. it all throughout the entire movie. Her is evolution very frustrating is. To what me. if I could be
2: more? Like I'm really perfect, but what if I could encompass what if even I could more good yeah. things about myself? You're right.
0: Yeah, yeah. the The, the strangest thing to, about this movie uh, is that there was no conflict in it. Uh, yep. like even in the, uh, necessary romantic comedy third act intro where they have to break up and then get back together. I think Owen Wilson is apologizing for being a dick as he's breaking up with her. Like, it's like <laughs> just really like, like I know it seems I'm being like, jealous, but I just gotta go. Just, yeah. I... <laughs> it's like no skin off of anybody's back. Everybody seems fine for the time period they're broken up. And then it like is left to like, Hey, just why not have Jimmy Fallon in this movie to trigger some sort of epiphany? Like that happens all oh, the time. Yeah. I guess Well, I it, people And people even it, the
2: Tonight Show. That was the most it dire. It just moment seems
3: in... worth. Uh, it just seems worth pointing out that if you do find yourself in a romantic comedy one day, whatever you do, do not have sex with your romantic interest because your life will immediately fall apart. Yes, it's on the way to getting uh, better, but No, uh,
1: they, they have sex and then do pretty well for a while. Yeah, like, yeah here's the thing. Yeah.
0: If I was his character and was in the situation they would have followed sex with it all J-Lo. the way through to <laughs> having sex with J-Lo. You
1: After
4: are
0: open to like, sex with J-Lo. Okay. Go back, but Sebastian. That's fine. It's You guys have a lot in common. You're both really Latin. I'm sure we wouldn't get any weird racial things that this movie just <laughs>
4: sidesteps.
3: Can I, can I suggest that in a movie, uh, and again, this is a movie about a mega-famous pop star being dumped seconds before a live stream in front of 20 million people where she's going to propose... To or get married to Mary, her, married. Uh, her fiance, yeah. and then she randomly marries Owen Wilson, who is in the crowd holding a sign. This is "Marry Me," which is the name of her single. Uh, in and given, the movie, given right, mm-hmm. given that that's the premise of the film, do you think it's fair to say that still the least realistic thing is that? uh besides the wix.com shout out oh i love that yeah <laughs> um, is, great website is, on wix.com. lots of product places right here. That's is so that uh this character who is defined by the fact she's like no one ever accepted me i've never been nominated for anything ignores the fact that it's grammy day and doesn't learn that she was nominated for one of like the nine thousand grammys they nominate people for that's not the same day late in the no, 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 well, no, no. no. And she's it's... at the
1: point where she's she's moved past. Also, it. isn't that the J Lo profession?
2: Like, isn't that her speaking from her own heart? Like, she
1: she's been nominated. Well, is it about her Oscar nomination? Yeah, probably? it is
2: about I'm, her Oscar nomination. I'm just saying, it's about being underestimated. No, I don't
3: I don't believe that character has grown enough about uh, you know realizing what her priorities should be that she would wait until five o'clock on the afternoon of the day that the Oscar the Grammy nominations are released the check if she won or that her manager would neglect to tell her they don't announce that shit at five think, in the afternoon i think she
2: was at a high school teaching kids math she had her phone
1: off she agreed with uh, owen wilson uh, to turn Sa-
3: samuel tarley would have who uh you know became <laughs> one not no spoilers for moonfall but he like became one with the consciousness of our planet or what i can't remember <laughs> is he
1: in moonfall too? Yes. yeah he's
3: gonna get here he, he would have <laughs> been able to tell her
2: Finally, he's having. Let's a back up a little about "Marry Me," which I was like kind of agonizing going into, and surprised to enjoy. It feels like a real dear boy, Katie. Here are two movie stars who've been movie starring it up for 25 years, and this movie has no conflict. It also has no jokes. It's not really a romantic comedy. I'd be hard pressed to think of the funny part. Um, but it is them. Oh, Sarah being... Silverman's
1: funny. Yeah right. I like Sarah yeah. Silverman.
0: the dog The dog's old. The dog's
2: really old. There are some funny dogs. Yeah. Yeah, like
0: it has to lay down a lot. But, it's uh, an old
2: dog. This This is just two movie stars. The mid credit scene with the dog mixing and matching their chemistry. Um, is it a is it is it quality romantic fluff? Like what is quality romantic fluff, Katie? And is this fulfilling Ooh. that need? Because I think I mean I have not watched it in a different me- way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched many of the like Netflix era rom coms, uh, the Kissing Booth, or um, mm. there's like the Christmassy ones. Like, I haven't done too much of those. But I do think the star power here is what made it quality romantic fluff for me. It's a movie that I watch in part on an exercise bike. So, like, this is. Wow. N- As if it you was second meant to screen this movie, I will not. I honestly think it kind of. How was. far
2: away <laughs> are we from a, a Peloton original? Um,
3: oh boy. Well, now that no, Peloton, Peloton has is, burned uh, all their money, and yeah, anymore, um, so someone else to it do it. But it does feel, you know, I'm not surprised to hear that Katie watched it on a. Uh, a what, what were you on a Peloton? What was the exercise? No, it was did? a knockoff
1: Peloton. On a knock-off, Schwinn IC4. Uh, on a
3: Schmeloton. Um, but the <laughs> because it does feel, you know, to go back to our Oscar conversation, this does mm. feel like the a rom com that is trying to. Uh, go as wide as possible, drag in young audiences, speak their language, um, even though it's about two people who are in their 50s, and uh, just sort of be as contourless and um, broad as humanly possible, lure in the people who are nostalgic for rom-coms, but not actually dig into the genre and give them the meat on the bone, the full Notting Hill experience. And I think one of the reasons the movie is like vapor, just content, uh, and it makes a lot more sense on Peacock than it would you know, solely in theaters, is because yes. of that. Um, and I think, you know, it bombed. Uh, whereas, had you made. I mean, maybe how do you know it bombed? I mean, it bombed it made, in theaters. It's made
2: $37 million so far. That's a bomb? What? I do not think that's,
1: that bomb. I can't. There's no way that. It that's made $37 million no, and it's on Peacock?
3: It. it, it It has done better than I thought. It did not do well its first weekend. I mean, the the headlines were sour. I had not checked up. I mean, it's
1: no dog. We can say that. It's not dog. It's not the man now dog. (laughs) Um,
0: There's a certain part of me when this movie was going on, when like the fifth J-Lo song started, and I'm like, I do kind of miss these vehicles, where it's just mm -hmm, like, you know what? Our leading lady could also sing, so let her do five original songs. But it's like they don't,
3: they don't, I mean, that's great, but like they don't, lean into the things that make rom-coms rom-coms no. other than, like, the fizz of it all. Like, they don't... It's not an hour into the movie that the two romantic leads have had, had a real conversation together. Um, but that's
2: the it's, premise. It's a hijink it's, movie, not a rom... It's not even a rom-com. It's, it's just a I think conflict. it's more... It's
3: not a rom-com? Yeah. It's like a thought it's, experiment. It's like some... <laughs> the,
2: the, <laughs> it's there's,
3: a
1: poem.
2: <laughs> there's a lot
0: of times where it could have made... <laughs> it could have made value judgments and maybe wrung some humor out of it. But again, it's so devoted to being conflict free. It presents you should give up all social media and cook meals for me. And and then you should be a TikTok math like guy who makes videos as equal things. It's just what the per- person needed. They needed the exact opposite of whatever the fucking engagement guess- was they had before and the movie just
2: moves on. I I, I yeah, I got to go to bat for this movie which I have unexpectedly enjoyed. I think it's definitely above I, like this movie too. I think it's above average in terms of this Netflix and Amazon pumping out rom-com material. There's there's just been a bunch of rom-com stuff that is is Hallmark. It's it, that's what it's aiming for. It's aiming for Hallmark movie cheap bullshit. This is Movie Star stuff. This is I feel like we throw around the word "hangout movie" a lot with more male-driven stuff, but this feels like a hangout movie in the romantic
3: mode. But and I, I feel like these my... are plotless. Like that's sort of what defines a hangout movie: is that there's not a lot going on. And this uh, is a movie. This is also, this really not. Is I see what
2: you're talking
0: about, Patches. I, I mean, it, it's it's just frustrating because yeah. Owen Wilson is fine and charming, but he's playing Owen Wilson as a math teacher. Great. Uh... Jennifer Lopez once again looks great playing herself, so I, there's no like mesh in my mind. But after seeing what you could do with an actual character like Hustlers, sure, where it's still sexy and it's still J Lo, but it's an, a performance. This feels like I don't know. I I enjoyed this movie because I imagine I would enjoy watching Owen Wilson and Jennifer Lopez try to hang out. That's the thing. Like life.
2: my favorite scene in the movie is when they go to some random Airbnb thing or her place in Florida. And they break a window, and they open a champagne, but they have to drink out the bottle, and they don't know what the remote control does, and it sets the automatic fireplace on. I'm like, fun! Fun! Yep. They're just doing the... Um, those are, those are the Apex jokes, too. It's like, do- oh, God! I- yeah, it's, they, I, mean, I will it's say life, that,
3: uh, you know, in addition to the fact that they filmed, like, 40% of this movie within three blocks of my apartment, Um <laughs> cool, where he it. teaches, and uh, it couldn't sway me, but it, it really... Uh, you know, what, what, I'm just like, couldn't wrap my head around the friends of it all of, uh, Owen Wilson's math teacher living in not only an apartment that must go for about $8 million, but, uh, that was nicer, at least by my taste than the apartment that world famous pop star, you know, whatever her well, name is. What's your movie.
2: taste?
3: Either way. I mean, uh, um, like his ex- his life worried. is cushy. Yeah. G- gig as a math teacher seems pretty cushy
0: it's something they could have gotten into but again this movie is very dedicated to not having conflict so like yes they say prenup but it's after everything's kind of already worked out and uh, yeah. we don't talk about it again uh, was... yes he would like some money to buy a new wing for the math people not to like help himself or his daughter or his wife who we get to see once uh ex-wife um we get to see his Wait, who wife? plays like, who plays the Olympics.
3: ex-wife I didn't get that far
0: um,
1: uh, oh, I don't. We see her for like a scene.
0: Yeah, she picks up the kid from
3: school. I, I, I don't know she has. It's that. Scarlett Johansson playing Scarlett Johansson. It's yeah. <laughs> like the finale, play. David. Oh, no. I know, but like inc- incidentally, I used to date another world famous celebrity.
0: It's just it's really interesting because there's a ton of time periods that this movie could have tried to dig into something, but I think it actually would have made it more problematic. But by not digging into anything. I think it's very acceptable for
3: what it is. To your point, Dave, it is weird that they don't, I mean, yeah, they don't want to dig up conflict, but they also don't get any of the friction that they need to have like sort of the fish out of water element of the, of the humor work. Like they, he is thrown in over his head, in the celebrity world, and he's on the phone being like, like, what's a private? Wow. And like, you know, what's it like for everyone to know who you are? And she's like, "They don't know who I am, you know? Like, and like, that is, that is really about as far as they seem to push it um whereas yeah, the third i point think of the if love you were... triangle
0: is a young latin man and it's sort of presented in the movie like he's just always surrounded by women of course he was gonna cheat don't worry about it and there's no value judgment on him either way beyond that it is
2: very bizarre
1: yeah. isn't Cause... that tahani from the good place who shows up very weird so, yeah.
2: weird. so much, so much I mean, uh mbc that... univ- universal synergy going on Movie. This yeah. is a Jack I mean, Donaghy production. Through it through. <laughs> it's a Jack <laughs> the Jack Donaghy production.
3: yeah, Jimmy Fallon and Hoda Kotb's performances in the first few minutes but of movie are very yeah, special.
0: Uh, in the in the conclusion of this okay,
3: movie. Uh, that was another thing that annoyed me. Similar to the Grammys thing is that Jimmy Fallon does not air live. Jimmy Fallon tapes right. 5 in the I afternoon. There is no way in hell her. that he is making fun of her the same night as her concert. It no, no, he had to go sense. back to
2: the studio and go live. I can suspend. Huge.
3: I can suspend disbelief. That she's going to marry some random schmo who has a sign in the audience. I do not believe that Jimmy Fallon would be available to have a take on it.
2: No, that
1: is But true. also Jimmy Fallon doesn't do mean jokes like that. Like his whole thing was, is being like cuddly yeah. and harmless. Why
2: would he do this in a universal production? I don't understand. <laughs> Why would he want to portray himself as a total asshole? It's time,
1: he, he's ready movie. to be edgy. He's a dick. Ready to be edgy. Yeah. He wants to. This is like it. when
0: I was at Universal Studios and he said we were gonna go see the back lot and instead King Kong attacked
2: us. You can't trust Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> uh Katie, I, I needed uh, Oh, go, sorry.
1: Well, I I was thinking about Owen Wilson, thinking about his chemistry with people, and thinking about Loki and how fucking good he was on Loki and how like What's Loki? Uh, the show Loki. You're gonna have the give me more. No one's gonna
2: watch.
3: Yeah. It. Um, is it like it's like low key? It's like there's not a lot going on. Is it a hangout yeah. show? It's a hangout show.
1: Uh, it I mean, there are the Owen Wilson parts are kind of a hangout show. show. Um, but like he and Jennifer Lopez are very enjoyable together. But in terms of like actual like chemistry spark between people, like he does that so well in Loki with Tom Hiddleston. And you're like, oh yes, he can do that. Like that's the version of this that you know translated to a romantic comedy. But I don't really think he's happens. sleeping he really through this
2: one, but... right? Like he's. He's doing no, 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 a that's thing. No, he's not. Yeah, I'm yeah. convinced. If
0: Owen Wilson was talking to me and was genuinely interested in what I was saying at the oh, end, yeah, and I'd do. be like, "Do I want to lean into for a kiss right now?"
1: Yeah, you do. You do anything. Give you me said. a hug. Yeah,
2: Katie, I, I've been galaxy branding a bit of, in the in the lead up to this movie and ah, after. You. And I want to I want to throw out. I'm going to get a little bit of a spiel out here, but it ultimately leads to a question and a gut check from you. So uh, earlier last week, uh, Vulture published a great mini oral history of the ending of mamma mia here we go again uh and i was really struck by the director ol parker uh saying that british people kind of embraced the movie and american critics pissed all over it direct quote um and he remembered that the word crowd pleasing was used as an insult in american reviews and he just like, lost his mind. In the in the oral history, he has just a great quote about being like, you fucking try to please a crowd. Mm-hmm. Like, what is crowd-pleasing? And I, I'm thinking, like, I that is on my mind. And something else that has been blowing up online recently is this kind of obvious, like, predictable turn on the upcoming Pixar movie Turning Red, which uh, we'll talk about oh, it, I wow, hope, okay. soon. It's fabulous. I can't wait to get into it. But um yeah, I'm
1: excited to see it. It
2: is about a young girl and it is made is directed, written and directed by this woman at Pixar whose name Domi, I think her name um Domi, and, she. Domi, Domi she and it is extremely female perspective. It feels like the female energy is pulsing through this movie uh and following this character and it's also caught up in like young girl, young it takes place in like 2001, so it's all about um a girl obsessing over a boy band and just like the female energy is out of control. Now people online and Pixar bros, which I didn't think was a thing. And now I realize it is because they like salivate oh, yeah. over light ear trailers and like,
1: think, Oh yeah. Think
2: for some reason they think turning red looks like garbage. Cause it's kind of bubbly and feminine. And yet like toy story, the original, despite it being unrendered, <laughs> the ultimate ass,
3: Chad movie toy story. Yeah, it's
2: just like, <laughs> they think that is that's, they're putting that on the pedestal of visuals. And so that combined with the mommy stuff, combined with the Razzies that came out around the Oscars.
1: Whoa. And oh, the, God. So okay. I'm telling I really got you gotta hang I'm
2: on taking you this. on a journey here. The Razzies <laughs> has a has long history of tearing down female-driven entertainment, like, from the Twilight stuff. That, that's what forever be stuck in my craw. Coming after Twilight and what I actually think is, like, good Kristen Stewart, even if it's tucked into dumb movies. Breaking Dawn Part 1 and 2. Masterpiece in my um, all of this is swirling in my head as I go into Marry Me, and I'm like,
1: Jesus Christ. Isn't
2: this like, P- and, th- and so interestingly enough, on Peacock, you go to the movie page, and it has the Rotten Tomatoes score there. Unfortunately for Marry Me, it's 53%. So it has a big uh, Rotten Tomatoes splatter on the page, uh, which I find fascinating that because of universal integration with Rotten Tomatoes or ownership there, they display it. P- Critics did
1: not
3: like Marry Me. And
2: I think the reason why is Patrick's obvious.
1: Barely did not like marry me. That's a pretty. I'm, s- I,
3: I, I'm still waiting for patches to get. To my point, point
1: here is this. I know my, what is the point. Yeah, so
2: my point here is all is like, what do you make of? Is this a phenomenon? Is there like, uh, is is there a uh, a a knife out for the? Are like, people
1: too hard are on people girl too movies? hard on girl
2: movies? But also, how do you oh, tell? Oh yeah, hundred percent. But then also, how do you tell what is good when there is a vendetta against it? Like what? What makes crowd-pleasing good for you? What makes it, like, positive female energy? How do you tell what is bad and what is fluff good? Like, how do you draw that?
1: I don't know. It's kind of a know-it-when-you-see-it kind of thing, right? Like, I didn't love Mamma Mia 2, honestly. Like, But, like, if you're taken along for the ride on something, if you buy in and you feel, you know, like you're going with whatever they're doing in whatever way they pull it off and you get to that romantic clinch at the end and you feel it, you feel it. And it's oh, it's going to work. I don't like that. I'm not being very specific after that incredibly long wind-up, but <laughs> I think it's a personal thing, right? Like, the rom-com that works for you on Rewatch a million times, like, you know, there's this some stone-cold classic that most people agree on, but, like, everyone's going to have a sauce. Like, every rom-com ever made probably has someone who has a huge sauce spot for it.
0: No. And I think there's a... No, there's one, a, no there's the, a,
3: the movie Leap Year, uh, no one. No fan. There's not a yeah, single no person. No one has ever liked
1: that. I did see that movie. Amy Adams remember much was about there. there. Matthew <laughs> Good was different... there they go to Ireland they do I think
0: yep I also think there's a difference between not good and actively bad and I'm glad we got to talk about both the movies we did on this like podcast episode because like marry me if you enjoy it watch it and enjoy it and great that's exactly what it's for it has no aspirations beyond that I feel like it would be fine with 53% on Rotten Tomatoes as long as enough people work and watch it if it's got 30 some million in theaters it's probably doing great Texas Chainsaw Massacre that like sh- Probably shouldn't exist. Like we're probably better off if that movie just straight up doesn't exist. I think there's a difference between not good and bad in that
3: sense. So mm. or like for like instance evil, like Katie's take on the Oscars. Yeah, <laughs> Spider
0: Man No Way Home, a movie that is a fantastic movie to see in a theater, a movie I think is a very bad Spider Man movie, but that's the duality that I have to live with. Uh being somebody who, I, I would say the minimum patches, what do you do with this is uh watch the movie. And have your own opinion. Um, I think that's going to be the minimum for, especially these turning red folks.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I'm still hung up on Pixar bros. Uh, I will say a real <laughs> deal breaker for me with Marry Me is that you can't download content from Peacock unless you are like a premium tier subscriber. Um, <laughs> and so for me loading up my iPad to go on this trip, I was like, oh, I'll grab five episodes of Love is Blind. I'll grab This Guy is Everywhere off Apple TV Plus. By the way, we'll be talking about that next week. So you might want to go check it out. Um, but I can't watch "Marry Me." I'm going to have to do that on the day we record, uh, and that it had a more—it uh, was more of an impediment to me than any Rotten Tomato score.
0: Fair enough. I guess you could download uh, "Texas Chainsaw Massacre," but don't
1: <laughs> download "Marry Me." Marry Me. Say yes. Listen to the soundtracks on Spotify. Yeah. They're, no. They're... You, yeah. Also, uh, go to our no, website on
3: ahead. Wix.com, and you can listen to it there.
1: <laughs> Find us on Jimmy Fallon, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, we are gathered here today to join this man and this woman in holy matrimony. That does it for this week's show. We'll be back next week. Uh, we're going to talk about the Josephine Decker movie that I forgot the title of. The Sky is Everywhere. It's on Apple TV. We're going to talk about that next week and some other stuff. So catch up with us. In the meantime, tell the people who you are.
2: I'm Matt Patches, deputy editor at polygon.com. How about Twitter at Mr. Patches? We have a website, fightingintheworm.com, where you can listen to just an unfathomable amount of old episodes. I'm sure we have uh, talked about other romantic comedies in the past. Can anyone oh, yeah. guess what we've talked about? I think like
0: year year one, we have David and I talking about love and other drugs.
2: Wow. That <sighs> holy was like, cow. Holy shit. shit the Hathaway. Back
1: before,
2: by I I host the, the at some point <laughs> to do a rom-coms quell this is, oh um, that would be nice well uh, yeah yeah so that's fighting fill your time
3: uh, I am David Ehrlich I you can find me on uh, Twitter at David Ehrlich and on IndieWire um, I guess by the time this comes out I'm actually writing an article about all the Oscars that dune should win which I know sounds very out of character for me uh, it
1: deserves some Oscars uh,
3: it sure does it really really does I mean like there are some categories where I would be kind of apoplectic if it didn't you don't win. even like that movie I know I know that's why I said it's out of category for, uh, out of uh, character for me uh, and speaking of ap- apoplectic uh, I'm not apoplectic at Katie Rich who I love dearly I just think mm. she should be more apoplectic at what the Oscars you know. are doing I think she should lead with rage because that has always worked out well for people um, <laughs> and uh Go on iTunes and Fighting in the War Room and leave us some love, some not rage. Send us your love. We have enough rage here in the War Room. Uh, we'll read your love note live on the air. Uh, unlike the Oscars, we will not pump it to the pre-show and then simply re-edit it midway into the podcast. We'll do it live.
0: That's right. And if we do edit it, David will never know because he doesn't listen to the podcast. You can also... I have
3: proven that unto me. I've proven that unto true. That's true. times. You, you, you
0: sift you Sif holocron, holocron. the time. All right, uh, you can email us at podcast at gmail.com if you have some international reviews or other things. Good points you want to make about Station Eleven. Things you want to say about Marry Me that are great. You know, all those things. We've got an email now, finally. It took us like 10 years. We got there. And yep. you can follow me on Twitter at uh, DA7E, which I believe uh, is now says Dave Gonzalez caught all the Pokemon, because I did. 241, bitches.
1: Nice. Uh. Good frag. Uh, I'm Katie Rich, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Katie Rich, K-A-T-E-Y-R-C-H I'm on Vanity Fair and on the Little Gold Men podcast where I did not share my uh, unconscionable takes about the Oscars because we recorded (laughs) before that news broke Uh, so this is a Fighting in the Warm exclusive this week Um, you can find all of us on Twitter F-I-T-W-R, where you're welcome to yell at me or talk about rom-coms or anything else or you can answer this week's lightning round question, which was
0: In honor of the Batman next week what is your favorite detective from cinema?
1: Thanks for listening, and we'll be back talking to you next week. I'm out
4: loud. I feel it in my chair. I feel it in my chair. I got you in my head. I got you in my head. I'm putting on my legs. I'm putting on my best. i come in church, church, church. I'm calling out your name. Baby, I'm done.